0: Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we'll be speaking to college and university leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of higher education and picking their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, the Evolution's Editor-in-Chief, Amidala Awalia, speaks with Eric Hazen, who is Web Marketing Manager at Ferris State University. We talked to Eric about marketing to today's prospective students and how personalization can help enrollment and revenue growth. Let's get into it.
1: So starting off at the top, I mean, why is personalization so important for higher education marketing? (laughs) So many reasons, right?
2: Like, where do you even start on that one? So in Michigan, at least, we have kind of a big demographic challenge in Michigan as far as, um, you know, we just don't have enough high school graduates right now. And at the same time, we have a huge density of higher ed options, right? So not enough students to go around and a ton of people competing for them. So it's kind of intense right now. And I think traditionally, we've always like when we talked about competition, we look down the road, like just south of us is a big competitor, uh, up north is a big competitor. And then we've got the big behemoths in Michigan, U of M and, and Michigan State. Um, So we think about those four-year publics as our, as our competition, but a new competition that we're finally starting to think about in higher ed too, is, you know, YouTube code Academy, you know, LinkedIn learning, all these like non-traditional educational opportunities that students have now that require so much less investment financially, you know, perhaps time as well. For me, like I'm taking a JavaScript course right now through Udemy that cost me a hundred bucks. Right. And It's awesome. I'm getting a fantastic experience, unlike uh, not unlike what I experienced as an undergrad. It's great. It's awesome. Totally get why people would take it. But what that course doesn't have is when I'm confused after the lecture is like office hours, right? Mm -hmm. Or running into my professor in the hallway or hopping on the elevator while we go down, right? For me, and I think for most students... Those opportunities to make those like really surprising connections and exciting connections are usually the moments when they're like, oh, now I get it. Like, whoa, that that's, that's the ticket right there. And at that point, it's like I get the subject because this professor gets me and they're personalizing this content to me. I think that at Ferris, um, and I think this is true for a lot of kind of regional schools, Our brand perception research has told us that a huge portion of what students like about Ferris is that we have that personalized vibe. We're small enough to provide a really personalized experience on campus, while also being big enough to give you all the resources that you want from your university. So we talk all the time about like, oh, we've got our 16 to one faculty to student ratio, right? Or we've got this resource or that resource. And that's super authentic for Ferris and something that current students tell us that they absolutely love. But it's really hard to tell that story to prospective students. If you tell a 17-year-old, hey, we have a 16 to 1 faculty to student ratio, they're like, what is it? okay, cool. <laughs> you know, And so it, it becomes a game of like, show, don't tell. And the tools that Modern Campus is bringing out now are Allowing us to show instead of tell in a way that we haven't been able to do before. And to create something similar to the experience that current students know that they get here for prospective students. And knowing that most or all probably of our prospective student journeys start on the website, being able to offer that on the website is so critical right now. Ferris is, is a place that gets you, right? Like we get you, not the 500 people in the Stack Overflow comment section, right? Where I'm going after my JavaScript course, right? We get you and we're going to provide the education that you specifically need to accelerate you know, your life and, and your career and your education forward. So it's just utterly critical for us, both from a competitive standpoint, but also from telling an authentic story about our university.
1: What's interesting about what you're framing out here, you know, the, the, the customer journey starts on the website that, you know, students are looking for you to show them and not tell them that, that you really care about them as an individual, not as a cohort, the institution in, in a more competitive marketplace is really starting to focus in on, on that richer experience that it offers students, you know. That really aligns with what the rest of the consumer industries seem to be doing. Like if you look at most online retail, if you look at sort of major corporations when it comes to how they're structuring online retail, and online engagement, it really comes to that idea of, you know, how are we driving or delivering some level of personalization that, that allows our consumer to understand us and to see their relationship with us in, in a different light. How important is it from a marketing perspective to keep track of trends in the consumer space when it comes to building that experience that you're trying to offer as an institution? You know, given that the folks you're engaging with are all pretty seasoned online consumers at this point.
2: Yeah, I think when somebody comes to our website and fills out like an RFI form, the experience they're expecting is the Amazon experience, not the higher ed experience that's, you know, (laughs) A little bit behind the Amazon experience, right? (laughs) Uh, So, and we're aware of that. And I think for me, you know, I've been here just over a year now. I took over this role last August. So since I came in and I come from kind of like a e-commerce background. So for me, those are the perspectives that I'm trying to inject into what we're doing. We need to be nimble. We need to be responsive to the customer. You know, even talking about, a prospective student as a customer is something that makes makes people uncomfortable around here, right? But if you start thinking about them as somebody that you're here to serve, which I think is a, a framework that your mind goes into when you start talking about customers, you know, things change a little bit. We just onboarded a new employee. And one of her questions was like, who should I be looking at that is doing really cool stuff? And I was like, not other.edu. Go look at dot like, go look at like, the pet supply site my wife orders from all the time. They do incredible things. And when she goes there to their website, she doesn't even have to click through to find the products that our dog needs. It's right there, ready for her. Go look at what you know Amazon is doing. Go look at what like little boutique e-commerce shops are doing. That's where innovation is happening and the innovations that we need to compete in this uber competitive market that we're in right now.
1: That makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, then pivoting to to this idea of, you know, strategic priorities, what are some key strategic priorities that higher education marketing leaders should be focused on today? Higher ed has not moved into a place, especially
2: with their digital presence of prioritizing the user experience. And we're trying to do that right now at Ferris. So, when I stepped in a year ago, the first thing we did was uh, start implementing a brand new template for the entire site. And a decision that we made was to do that manually. We decided uh, to do it manually because it would force us to take a look at all 15,000 pages on the site and decide if that was content that we needed to keep, if that was content that served the customer. And in so many cases, it wasn't, right? And there's a lot of that content that's still there, right? It's still a higher ed. It's still a university website. It's going to be bloated. It's going to have stuff that is not super focused on our business goals. And that's just a reality, I think, for a higher ed site. It's just what it's going to be for a while. But we're moving that needle ever so slowly toward, is this focused on a prospective student? If not, jettison. Get rid of it. And I think that strategically, that needs to be the focus figuring out um, how do we focus on a prospective student user experience on the website. So like I said, that started for us with the template change. Now that we're we're about 80% through, so we'll be really, really pleased if we finish this conversion for the end of the year. <laughs> and once that's done, we can really start to focus on things that I think will really move the needle more, which would be like removing friction from conversion points on the site. So How do we hack this RFI to get it working like, you know, 5% better yield? How do we look at this admissions page and simplify? You know, for instance, we have a a application homepage on our site right now that, you know, it presents three options, undergrad, transfer, and graduate students. They all go to the same place. So why are we offering offering three options? You know, and just those decisions that need to be thought about once we get to that point. I still really think that this is an older notion, but content is still really king, right? Like content still rules. Once we complete this template conversion, we're gonna really be able to dive into the content of the site and helping our partners with using Omni CMS. We have 190 editors on the site. So working with that group of folks to make sure we're focusing in on content that is really for prospective students and not, you know, for your advisory board, right. Or, or whatever. And, and when I say better, I mean, that's from an SEO standpoint, that's from a a user experience standpoint, but it's also from an accessibility standpoint too. And accessibility in the sense of, can a screen reader access this so that we don't end up with an OCR complaint or, is this accessible from a socioeconomic standpoint? Can somebody who doesn't have a degree understand this content and take the next step? So strategically, that's where we're at. Getting uh, our editors and our content contributors to a point where they're thinking about user experience, not just throwing this up on the site and hoping that it works.
1: You know, what's interesting there is, is it's, a, it's a common piece of feedback that we we get when talking to marketing leaders about the website is that it almost seems like there's a tension in terms of who different parties think the website is for. You made a comment there that, you know, you're not writing for your advisory board, you're writing for prospective students. And like, it seems as though, you know, marketing is really trying to move the website to a point where it's accessible and, and engageable with, you know, any prospective learner audience that's trying to see what the institution's about. Whereas other parties on campus might be thinking about the website through a different lens. How do you resolve some of those tensions when it comes to sort of directing the website towards the audience that's going to be most influenced by it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you have a good answer to that? Because I don't. Know I wish. <laughs> I feel like I'd be in a very different role if I did. <laughs> I don't know that I have a great answer for that. I have observed many of my colleagues say, you know, throw their hands up basically and say, just subdomain it, just create a enrollment focused subdomain, let everybody else deal with the, the main domain and, and we'll, we'll figure it out on the subdomain. I can envision where we're going to end up there at some point um, with a enrollment focused subdomain. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the next six to 12 months. But I also feel a little bit stubborn in that I want ferris.edu to not have to have a subdomain just to fix our user experience. When I look at our homepage, I often think about like, this is the content for the prospective student. This is the content for the parent. This is the content for the influencer. And I've been really lucky uh, that my leadership has never pushed me to go beyond those key audiences. I've never been told by my leadership hey we need this up here because it's going to make the board happy right or we need this up here because the president really wants it up there those folks provide input and it's helpful because they have a a larger viewpoint than we do but we've been really lucky in that um, we've never been pushed in that way however those editors that are out there just they have different perspectives you know everybody's going to think that their content is always the most important. So, you know, the college of business uh, is not going to be pleased if we focus on the college of arts and sciences, right? Like they're like, well, why aren't we on the homepage, you know? So we need to build those tools. And (laughs) it's also funny, you know, I've been trying to explain to people for the last year that like, okay, I know the homepage is important, but like 97% of our entrances are on a page other than the homepage. So I don't think you need to worry about the homepage as much as you need to worry about the content that you are in charge of. So I think it's it's an education thing. It's a viewpoint thing. But I will say that we're excited about the shortcuts in a way that personalization tools that you, you all are bringing out are going to allow us to, you know, you're a known user, you've completed an application, here's the links that are important to you. You're a known user and you happen to be uh, out of the demo for a prospective student. Here's a bunch of links about news. You know, we're excited about the flexibility that will give us to serve our many, many audiences.
1: So, I mean, to that end, as you guys roll out more and more personalization across the website, what impact do you expect it to have on enrollment and retention? We've been
2: doing little experiments here and there. What we're really charged up about is the known user personalization. That's gonna be just, we think, really game-changing for us. Um, We have a very, very robust CRM that we're excited to use that. That's another thing, right? Like we're collecting data from students all the time, right? They're submitting RFI forms, they're submitting applications, whatever. And I think they're good with that as long as we're using it in a way that like is for them, that provides them some value. And right now we're not really um, using that data on the website to provide them value. Once we can deploy that known user personalization so that we're using that data to surface the links that are links, resources, whatever that are important to you at that point, we'll be providing value. And then I think there's less friction toward providing that data like creating a conversation, really. Right now, it's so one-sided. They're giving us all of this information and we're, what, sending you emails that have your name at the top of them? Great. You know, it's not a conversation. And I think we're hoping that's what we're going to be able to do with known user personalization. We have, like I said, done small experiments. One of the experiments that we did in the lead up to fall was with orientation. We needed to push more students through orientation our orientation numbers were a little bit less than what we wanted. So we created four different variants of uh, orientation-based CTAs uh, for the homepage that just really built on their urgency. So, you know, the first time you get there, it's like, hey, have you completed orientation yet? You might want to think about it. Next time around, a little more aggressive. You know, here's a date. You need to be done with orientation by this date or else. (laughs) You know, and by the time you get to the fourth variant, it's really very... You don't want to be the one who misses out. Lots of urgency. You have to do this now. And I loved the way that I was able to use the omnipersonalization tools to build on the number of visits that they came. That was really key. But then letting me personalize based on if they made it to the orientation page was killer. What will be the next step for that is being able to confirm with our CRM and known user personalization, have they actually completed orientation? Because just getting to the page doesn't do much for me. That was a really cool experiment because we were able to see that while there were fewer users, obviously there were fewer users getting to the third, fourth variant of the content, the CTRs for those calls to action, they went through the roof. By the time they got to that fourth CTA, that was very very urgent. The CTR was like eighteen percent, twenty percent, something like that. You know, people were clicking it if they saw it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one out of four basically, and that was really exciting for us to see.
1: That's amazing. Um, so one out of four individuals who hadn't gone to an orientation page yet, when they saw the, I guess the prompt to go take that action, they they did. Yeah. Once they got to say like the really urgent
2: fourth variant. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it did increase. Every variant had a higher CTR. So that first one was eh, kind of anemic, you know, like, you know, 0.5, 1%, something like that. And that's largely because we couldn't separate the audience very well. You know, you've got everybody coming to the homepage. By the time you got to the next one, it was, I mean, it was starting to build. It was 2%, 3%. And like I said, by the time we got to that fourth variant, it
1: was 18
2: or 20%.
1: As more and more schools start to look for ways to modernize their website experience, their their marketing success in a digital format. I mean, what advice do you have for other higher ed marketing leaders who are looking to sort of launch and scale personalization initiatives at their institutions?
2: First thing I would say is, Ferris has a little bit of a unique challenge at the moment. And I think it's largely has to do with just the market conditions in Michigan and COVID too. I mean, everything has a little COVID twist right now. We are having no trouble attracting interest, whether that's RFIs, applicants, whatever. Where we're struggling a little bit is yield, getting those applications, turning those applications into butts and seats. We really believe that personalization is going to help us meet that challenge for all the reasons I just expressed, but we're not going to be able to meet that challenge without collaborating really, really closely with our admissions team. Um, and I think that would be my number one piece of advice is that collaborating with your partners on campus is the only way to make personalization work. For us, really, it's admissions that we need to partner with to, to make this work for, from a perspective student standpoint. So that is first by identifying where are the conversion points? What do you want them to do? What can we call a conversion for you guys? And then once we get into the known user personalization, you know, admissions runs our CRM. If we're going to make that work, we need to be best friends with our admissions team. And there's always going to be tension there because their goals are slightly different than our goals. But in the end, we just want, all of us want butts in seats. (laughs) And that's the thing that connects us. So I think collaboration um, is key. The other thing I would say is I mentioned earlier about our brand perception research. You know, we know there are things that current students know about us that prospective students don't know. That we're not telling that story well enough we often consider ourselves kind of a hidden gem because once a student gets here they love it here they have personalized support they have you know kind of like a, a big university experience but everybody knows your name right but this is a story that we're not telling well enough to prospective students so what i would say is the only way we know that is because we know our audience we've done the research we've done the, the focus groups, we've gotten down to knowing them well enough to be able to personalize content for them that makes sense. So if you don't know your audience, I mean, personalization is going to do you zero good. So invest in that research, um, whether you're doing it in-house or bringing in a firm, you got to know them.
0: This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, presidents and provosts can work with Modern Campus to create pathways for lifelong learners while marketing and IT can deliver Amazon-like personalization and instant fulfillment. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of today's modern learner,